Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you today. We are going to get you all caught up on the latest movie news and what's popping. We are reviewing Shia LaBeouf's Honey Boy and we are wrapping up the show with our schoolyard pick of Shia LaBeouf's. Let's do it. For joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your co-host Cam, and I am so ready for this episode, Kirk. Except for the fact that I had a triple thick, what's the word, milkshake before <laughs> I walked in here. Oh, true story. Triple thick butterscotch milkshake. I think that's what they still call it. You tricked me we've been sitting here for like an hour before we pressed yeah record. you couldn't tell that i was like breathing heavily and like <laughs> sweating <laughs> well no i thought the sweating was because the heater has been set yeah, at like 99 it's hot in here that doesn't help but yeah. um yeah didn't, doesn't culver's call theirs triple thick shakes or is that old? is that old that sounds right yeah so i had a butterscotch shake nice yeah because my wife is pregnant and so she was like let's go get culver's frozen custard i was like well Sure. I'm not going to say no to that. Who would say no to that? Only a sociopath would say, no, I'm good. Yeah, so I had that. Um, It's killing me slowly. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'm out of breath and I feel like I'm just like, I I, I don't know. I can feel my arteries clogging as we talk. Oh, well. uh, I see the defibrillator over there. I'm not not long for this world, Kurt. But (laughs) um, very excited to be doing this episode. Very excited to be reviewing Honey Boy. Yes. It feels like a long time coming we've known about this movie it came out at the end of the year last year we talked about it a lot we hyped it a lot i think that's one of the nice things about award season being over don't get me wrong i I love award season okay i love it it's the best I, i live for it but at the end of the year we were really like in marathon mode we were trying to get all of the best picture noms reviewed mm-hmm. so everybody could hear the reviews. And now we're swinging back around. And it was a good marathon, honestly. We had some really fantastic films. And then we got hit with some clunkers. Yeah, it's the beginning of the year. You know, when you're... <laughs> yeah, I, like I said last week, I've been a little bit depressed about it. <laughs> Whenever I'm like looking at movie news and it's like, Sonic manages to barely edge out Call of the Wild. <laughs> like, ugh. Stupid. Yeah. that I will, I, I'm actually... I refuse to see the Call of the Wild movie because the dog looks so bad. It looks terrible, and it's getting good, re- good-ish reviews. I don't trust. And I don't trust that at all. <laughs> like it's certified fresh at like 65 nope. percent. I just don't understand that. I, at all. I I can't. I can't trust it. Do you hear me? I'm out of breath because I don't want to talk about. I think that our movie. friends. I think our fellow critics are like us. They're exasperated by the long award season. But here's the difference between us and them, Kirk. What? They go to the movies and they review Call of the Wild and they give it favorable reviews, despite what I know is it has to be horrible, judging by how the dog looks. Okay? I know that. It has to be bad. Completely CGI'd. Not us. 
we we are plugging straight through. We're still picking our movies. We'll review whatever we want. And it doesn't mean that we won't review bad movies. We've reviewed bad movies, and we will continue to do so. Oh, yeah. Because we don't know that they're bad until we see them, except for Call of the Wild. I can't stress that enough <laughs> because the dog looks so bad. The dog looks so bad. Why would they not pick a real trained dog? I mean, they're just taking away opportunities for dog actors. That's just... Um, I agree. Prejudice. And there are some good ones. There yeah. are some good... Have we done... We did top five. We did top five dogs. We did, but we didn't do like top five cats. Well, we never did top five cats. Yep. Stay but, tuned. But we never did. We should do like a schoolyard pick of animals from movies. Hmm. Because I think our top five dogs was not. I like. I think they yeah. all ended up being TV show dogs, just because those are all the famous dogs. Yeah. Because didn't I pick like what is it called? Um, Happy from uh, Seventh Heaven, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you did. But I feel like if we opened it up to all animals. Right there's like the horse from War Horse. Yes, you know. Um, there's the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. There's the monkey, from which is actually a person, right? Right, it's like a mannequin. The cat. From the cat is Sabrina. a mannequin. The Sabrina? I thought the cat was like a talking person cat, or did I make that up? Oh well, sometimes he's a puppet. Oh yeah. No, oh, I just meant yeah. it has a voice, right? It has a voice because it's a it's a warlock that was trapped that was turned into it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. He that's was what so I was bad. getting at. That's um, what I was at. The monkey from Dunstan checks in. Sure. The monkeys from Planet of the Apes. Ooh. Twist. Let's do schoolyard pick of monkeys. Why not? We'll do schoolyard pick of every animal. From now until the <laughs> end of the year, it's like, all right, because we've done birds. Yes. We did dogs back when we did top five. So now for the end of the year, it's just like schoolyard pick of monkeys, schoolyard pick of alligators, schoolyard, <laughs> schoolyard pick of stingrays, which um, the stingray who killed steve Irwin will definitely not be on that list no. screw that guy screw that guy indeed he sucks i think today's like steve Irwin's birthday so shout out to steve Irwin. happy birthday or not just shout out to steve today Irwin yeah just not. for being steve Irwin. His shout out to daniel kaluuya is that how you say oh, his name sure it's his birthday today he's 31 happy birthday dude that makes me sad i know he is one year older than me and has more success than I'll ever have in my oh, life. Oh, I was I was thinking it makes me sad because I feel like we should have gotten more Daniel Kaluuya by now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's he's cooking him out right now though. He is. I mean, he's he's in his prime. He's just really going for it. Mhm. So, shout out to him. Anyone else do you want to give a shout out to? No, but I do have a story. Can oh. I tell a story? Yes. Okay, so this is kind of a story, but then it's also an open question that I wanted to ask you. Okay. So it's two for one. Bogo. You ever have, so I'll give my question first and then I'll tell my story. You know how sometimes you hear a word for the first time or a phrase for the first time and then you start hearing it? Do you think that's because, so like conventional wisdom is you've just now become aware of it. And so you hear it more often because you're aware of it and you weren't aware of it before. It was still appearing just as often, but you weren't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Or is there something else, some sort of supernatural thing? Mm. Like you hear the word because you need to know it for the future. Mm. And here's my story. Do I answer my question now or at the end no, of the story? No, at the end of the story. Okay, go ahead. At the end of the story. So that's just food for thought right now. So I was at a bar with my good friend, Luke, who came in town. He was like, hey, you want to go to this place called Friday South in Belleville? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's go. So we go there and we're hanging out. And like three cops walk in and they go up to the bar and I'm like, I'm going to go get another drink and chat up this bartender who I know is going to want to tell me what's going on. She told me, she was like, did you see this guy who was in here earlier? He was like heavier set, had a black baseball cap on. I was like, no. And she said, well, that guy, I kicked him out of here 
because he was being a jerk to everybody. And he went outside and lit something on fire and threw it underneath a truck and tried to blow up the truck. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Some dead serious. So this, it happened before you and Luke arrived. He was kicked out before we arrived. Gotcha. Thank goodness. I, th- I think. I think. I had only been here, been there 15 minutes at this well, point. Well, because otherwise you would have seen him throw this this uh, pyrotechnic bomb underneath. Well, no, truck. because the way the bar's laid out, the parking lot's behind it. Okay. Okay. So you wouldn't you wouldn't have any visibility to the oh parking lot. The only reason they knew is because they have security cameras, so, so they could see the parking lot. How did they know that there that this man threw the firebomb underneath the car? From the video. From the video. Yeah. Okay. They saw him do it. Wow. And so the cops came in, and they said, um, you know, they're, do you know where he went? And she said, well, I saw him walking that way. And they said they put a bolo out on him. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with bolo? I know that bolo means go get him, but I don't know the acronym. Yeah, the acronym is be on the lookout. There it is. And I had just heard that term the night before, not even 24 hours, oh. on an episode of The Outsider on HBO. Now, did they break down the acronym for you? Like you knew what BOLO or you always knew what BOLO was? I know. So I heard the acronym on The Outsider and then I heard what the acronym meant from the bartender. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, and did it happen again or this was the instance? It was This was the instance. But I mean, I'm talking less than 24 hours. Yeah. I had never heard this term before in my life. You've never heard BOLO? No. Oh, wow. Okay, No, gotcha. no, never heard it. Yeah. Never heard it. Because I heard it on the outside, and I was like, oh, that's weird. But I wasn't, like, curious enough to look it up. Sure. Well, thank goodness they spelled it out. I know. Yeah. So the question is, is it self-awareness or... Was it divine intervention? Divine or intervention. some sort of supernatural something, coincidence? I'm going to go with... <laughs> that's a tough one. <laughs> I know. I know. My gut tells me self-awareness. <sighs> I know. But... I know. It's such a, it's kind of a big event. That doesn't happen every day. I know. I know. So maybe sometimes I feel like there's um, something, there's something to it because I've had it before. I kid you not. I've had it before where I learn about a word and then somebody uses it in a job interview, like when I'm interviewing for a job. Yeah. I had that years ago happen. Yeah. And I was like, this feels like I I was meant to know this word. It sounds like it, it was meant for your destiny meeting with this bartender to, to kind of relate to her. Yeah, so and maybe connect it's... With, was it a woman? Yes. And connect with her to be like, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what So maybe mean. the answer is it's both. It yeah. depends on the circumstances. The divine intervention brings out your self-awareness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting. Option C, both, yeah. Alec. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cop-out <laughs> option. That's like whenever I was in, when I was in business school, they told you like when you're doing marketing research, never give like a both or all of the above option and never give a middle option because people always choose the middle. Mm-hmm. So, well, I love those options. I know. I know. And that's real life because then once you get into those businesses and jobs, you always get those answers. It's true. Yeah. You do. So sit down. Yeah. So you business should be class. teaching the business school. I'll, I'll, this is my last podcast. Let's open our own business school. Okay. On how to build a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should. We're using our fancy new soundboard today. We are. It's a little intimidating. It is intimidating, but it's very cool. It's very cool. I'll take a photo of it for you guys. I already did. It's, <laughs> it's like my child. I'm like, look at my new thing. <laughs> We're going to dress it up with hats and pants. <laughs> we should. Its name is uh, Rody. Rody the Roadcaster Pro. Yes. That's its name. Uh, it's hard because Rody is, you know, it makes me think of Don Sheetle in the Marvel 
cinematic universe. Yeah, he's the worst character. <sighs> we'll, we'll think on that name. Don't you think he's the worst character? He's absolutely the worst character. Yeah. <clears throat> they should have kept Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, by the way, he is nuts. Yeah. Totally nuts. I saw... Is he doing a, something recently? Well, after... I think it was after the Golden Globes or something. I saw like a... Some sort of interview, like red carpet interview with him, and he was just totally off his nut. Okay. Just totally losing it. Okay. So... I just remember prayers. he scared the snot out of me in Martin Lawrence's Big Mama's house back in the early 2000s. Mm. He's the mm-hmm. bad guy, man. Right. And he is a bad dude. Yeah. He is horrifying. Scary. Whew. Great actor. Yeah. I wish he would. I do really wish he would have stayed roadie. He just was more natural in that role. He was. Don Cheadle's felt very forced. Very forced. It's just the wrong casting, honestly. It is. And John, Don Cheadle is a good actor. Mm-hmm. He is. So don't or so I'm, so, so, so I'm told. So I'm told. Hotel Rwanda told me that. That's it. And that that was the end of that. Okay. Um, moving on. So we're doing our schoolyard pick of Shia LaBeouf's. I still don't really know what that means, but we're doing it. We're just going to find out, ride we'll f- that wave together. <laughs> we'll figure out when we get there. It's going to be very freeform. Um, so, yeah, all of that was to get back to the fact that we're swinging back around and doing movies that we want to review. Oh yeah, we were talking about movies, weren't we? So yeah, if you have suggestions while we're kind of in the doldrums here, like well, I mean, we're, don't get me wrong, we're still gonna go to the the movie house and check out new movies whenever the time calls for it. But like, there w- there was arguably no new movie to see this week that was noteworthy because Sonic is still number one in the box office. Yeah, we saw that. Dumb. But we've got Onward coming up. That's very exciting. We've got a couple of go- couple of good ones. Um, what, there was something I saw that comes out in April that I that I wanted to see, but I can't remember what it was. I used to plan so heavily on the movie schedule. Be like, oh man, dude, six months from now, I'm gonna go see this movie because I, I know, used but to it's only see like one or two movies a year. Yeah, it's too fast now. But thanks to this podcast, it's like, let me check the show times, and uh, great, I'll see that this week. I know, but to your point, like it also blinds us to what's coming out when because we're constantly looking at what's coming out this weekend because we have to watch that thing. True, I did miss Mr. Robbers, Mister <laughs> Mr. Robbers Neighborhood. Oh, what? How? What's that about? <laughs> you know, it's about a man who steals from every single one of his neighbors. However, manages not to get caught. Mm, Mr. Robbers, Mr. I'll have to Robbers. check that out. It sounds great. Yeah, it's great. It's on um, Showtime. It's Sweet. Uh, streaming live now. Okay, sounds good. Uh, that came out, and uh, we totally missed it. Came out the same week as Ford vs. Ferrari. Yep. Totally missed it. I know, but we we kind of made the right choice there because Ford vs. Ferrari got nominated for Best Picture. We so did. So it's tough. Um, but yeah, the one I was thinking about in April is James Bond. James Bond comes oh, out in duh. April. And then we'll find out. I know. If James Bond dies or not. Yeah, and my bet was if he doesn't die, I have to eat three bags of Andy Capps hot fries as fast or <laughs> without water, I think was the thing. And probably, uh, presumably as fast as humanly possible. <laughs> I don't know if that was part of it, but let's make it part of it. Yes, because I'm going to be eating an entire, like 12, 10 to 12 snack packs. I don't even, I know that I'm right, but I really don't want to watch you do that because I know that you're going to vomit <laughs> because no human being, though I say that, when I literally watched you eat 20 plus golden double stuffed golden Oreos without flinching. I mean, I was flinching it once we got to 18, man. It was uh, rough. Dude, that was inhuman. That was like, that was Michael Phelps. Like, <laughs> th- like me watching you do that. I was like, this is otherworldly. 
This is not like this is not within the realm of humanity. I'm gonna reboot Stanley's Inhumans. <laughs> Stanley's Superhumans. <laughs> Superhumans. Yeah. This is Kirk Doolin. <laughs> he can eat 27 double stuffed golden Oreos. Everybody would be glued to that episode. Oh yeah, the, no commercial breaks. They get a special sponsor, so you can just watch the entire hour of me just eating. They it. had a guy on that show um, that would that could eat anything. Do you remember that? Did you ever watch that show? parts they had a guy on that show who was from india whose claim was that he could eat anything without causing harm to his internal organs like glass yes he was biting into light bulbs on the show no. i watched him do it nope and i don't know how it happened i think they just they determined that he had like a really acidic stomach or something like that i can't remember that's insane it was disturbing there was also a guy who could get run over by a car and be totally fine I saw one guy He dive. would, like, let a truck <laughs> run over his stomach. <laughs> yeah, me too, every Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get your work in? Yeah. <laughs> there was a guy... Yeah, you're talking about the guy um, who dove into six inches of water from, like, 30 feet in the air? Yes. Bro. I watched that entire episode, that entire segment. I don't know if... It's I, absurd. I was just marveled, literally. Ah, ah, I see <laughs> See what you did there. Um, yeah, that show was awesome. I wish I wish every day that um, it was back. One day. Rest in peace, Stan. We, we will resurrect you. it. All right. Enough fooling around. Enough shenaniganry. Don't don't sharply <laughs> inhale through your nose on the microphone. Oh yeah, we have a cough button now. We have a prof this is a professional operation, Kirk. You can't be doing that. Everyone like heard me and said, Stop it. Apologize to Rody. I'm sorry, Rody. Yeah, you should be. Okay, let's go into what's popping. Wow, wow, we you are really slow today, Kirk. I'll listen, tell you what. Listen, I got sweatpants on and a sweatshirt. I am relaxed today. I like it. I like the vibe. So I'm taking my time. I'm feeling it. Okay, first bit of what's popping. Kind of a, speaking of slow, it's kind of a slow week in movie news. But this one really has my interest peaked. They're making a Little Shop of Horrors movie. Oh, yes. Yes. And have you seen some of the casting news around this, my friend? I have. Late on so me. So Billy Porter is confirmed, which Billy Porter is all over the place right now. <laughs> so that's huge. Chris Evans is circling a role. Um, Scarlett Johansson. These are the words that writers use, circling. Circling, <laughs> yes. I read this in, um, I think, Variety. What if they were, like, literally standing around <laughs> the writers, like, watching them, like, <laughs> pick me. And then uh, Taron Edgerton is the other one. I love it. That that cast would be absolutely ginormous. Taron Edgerton is Seymour. Oh, you're like casting it out. Yep. ScarJo is um, Audrey. Uh, Billy Porter, Audrey 2, the plant. Okay. Chris Evans is the dentist. You think? Was there someone else? No, that's it. Boom. Done. Wow, that was really... Wow. Chris Evans can be maniacal, especially since we found out from Knives Out. Knives Out was a good test run, for sure. And he's he's got a great smile, and he's got great hair, so you just, like, make that... He's got great everything. Beautiful. He's amazing. He, he's just perfect. You just, um, you just get that hair really slicked back, and you give him some crazy eyes, maybe with some contacts or just highlights with some a little bit of makeup, and he just smiles the whole time. He's the dentist, by all means. All right. Have you seen... Little Shop? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I okay, have. Good. This is one of those. So in my head, okay, so this is another Nicolas Cage, John Cusack thing. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Nicolas Cage has never played Seymour. No, no, bear with me. But I so watch that. So for those of you who are new to the program, in my brain, Nicolas Cage and John Cusack are the same person. Don't ask me why. 
I don't know why. I mean, I have inklings, but none of it makes sense. It's not logical. It's absolute chaos. <laughs> okay. Same thing happens with Little Shop of Horrors and, wait for it, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Because oh. when you're a kid, you just hear words. And so horror is in both titles. My mom loves both of them. My mom was like a huge Rocky Horror fan, huge Little Shop of Horrors fan. And so in my head, they're the same thing. And so I get aspects of them confused. Yeah. Like if somebody walked up to me yesterday before we had this conversation and was like, hey, you remember Rocky Horror Picture Show when there's that giant plant and it's like, feed me, Seymour? I'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure. And then they'd say, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd be like, dang it. Billy Eichner would love to catch you on the street. Exactly. And trick you. Yes. So that's that's the thing. They're the same thing in my brain, so forgive me if I make that mistake. But I'm excited about it. I like I like Little Shop of Horrors. I think it's a good program. It's really fan. It's really fun, and it's surprisingly... It shouldn't be as good as it is. I agree. It's a really, honestly, stupid plot, and they just play up the stupid, and that's why it's so exciting to watch you're like what else what other dumb joke are they gonna right. twist into making me laugh and they do it every time i know it it works i don't know yeah i agree i don't know why it works but it works mm -hmm. okay more movie news for you new star wars movie in the works and i know what you're thinking because that's exactly what i was thinking whenever i saw the headline star wars movie really kathleen kennedy mm -hmm. because you and bob Iger and all your friends so the TV was the future of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And yet, here we are. This movie had not been talked about before. It's from uh, the director of Slate, which is interesting. Or is it Slate? Slate. Slate, sorry. Mm -hmm. Like from Slate the, of Hand. Right, yep. right, right, right. It's from the director of Slate. And it's about Exegol, which is strange. The Sith planet. Yeah, that's and crazy. And I gotta be honest with you. This is just my take. I don't have any interest in that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have any interest in the Sith planet because I thought that that was the weirdest part of the new movie. Yeah. Is that only in Revenge of the Sith where we see that? Or no, it was just in, just in the last Yeah, just in the last one. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if it was the the planet that uh, Anakin was on where he got all of his limbs chopped off, I think I'd be all in. Cause I, I feel oh, like Mustafar? Mustafar, Yeah, yes. yeah. I feel like maybe before it was like a thriving planet and it just kept decaying, you know, kind of like Krypton, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. It's, yeah, dude, uh, it was going down on Mustafar when they were fighting. Yeah. Things were bad. It, there was lava everywhere, basically. Mm -hmm. It was as if the uh, planet um, was as, um, what's the word, um, uh, unstable as Anakin's mm. mental state. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. They were connected. His his powers caused that planet to explode. Okay. Preach. Just, just Come giving on. it to you. Come on. But I don't know what's going to happen on this other um, planet. No, what do you and, call it? Uh, Rastafari? What's the other one? Yes. Exegol. 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 Yeah. yeah. So the whole thing with that was weird. With, uh -huh. with Sidious being alive, spoiler alert, with the Dodger Stadium full of dead <laughs> people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was weird. Sith zombies. The like laughably ginormous amount of... Sith Star Destroyers that were flying around. I don't know. It was just like, this yeah. is a weird part of this movie. It's okay. Like, I'm okay with it. I'm at peace with it, but weird. Yeah. And so, when, as soon as I heard that there was another movie coming out with, like, more about that, I was like, eh. That director is really creative because he had, like, a budget of, like, $10, and it was incredible. Slight. Yeah, I've not seen it. Oh. 
I need, I need to check it out. I mean, I will. I absolutely will check it out knowing that this is coming so I can pre- mentally prepare for it. But. It came out a few years after Chronicle. Oh, I liked Chronicle. Yeah. And so this... That was one. That was a movie. Sorry to interrupt. That Go was a movie that I thought was going to be utter trash. Mm-hmm. And it was totally not. And it was actually really, really, really cool. Really cool. Mesmerizing. And this kind of had a, same, a similar feel. Like, they took kind of this out-of-this-world kind of mutant gifts, and they gave it such a... They gave the the powers of the people at B uh, to the right people. Like they gave yeah, it to yeah. people who were struggling in real life, but couldn't really do anything about it. You right. Know? Um, like when you think about Iron Man becoming Iron Man, it's like, well, okay, well, he's a billionaire. Yeah, the rich get richer. Yeah. How am I supposed to <laughs> feel good about that? And yet we do. We but, do. But I get what you're saying. Like Similar these were just like people that. who were down on their luck. That's why people like the Peter Parker thing. They do. That's why Spider-Man is so, like, that's why Spider-Man is the number one. I feel like it's safe to say he's, like, the favorite superhero of mm-hmm. the world. Yep, he's from Queens, right? Right, he's from <clears> Queens. <throat> he's, like, a, he's like a nerdy, not nerdy necessarily, but just, like, not super popular, skinny kind of guy. People mm-hmm. love that. They it's do. an underdog story. All right, well, yeah, this project will be interesting. We'll, well, obviously, like, it goes without saying, we're keeping a close eye on this one for you guys. So, all your Star Wars news will be coming here. Don't worry about it. Next one. This one's huge for some people. Friends. The Friends reunion. It's happening. $20 million. It's happening. What? Yeah, that's how much it's going to cost for this thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wowzers. 20 mils, which is ridiculous. But, like, I think the, I think when H, we, we talked about when HBO Max bought the rights to Friends, it was like, it was like $500 million or something. Mm -hmm. Like, absurd amounts of cash. Are you a Friends guy? Uh, I watched it when it was on. Uh, Have you seen every episode? No chance. Do you wear Central Perk sweatshirts and t-shirts? No. Do you... Do you? No, my wife does. Okay. My wife is one of these Friends people. Yeah, that's great. There's a lot of them. I don't. Yeah. I see it in uh, that wonderful store, Box Lunch. Yep. All the time. They've got a little corner dedicated to Friends. And I'm like, oh, I wonder how long that'll last. And... There's a big following, big big following. Yeah, there's a. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. It's like it's the same level as The Office, maybe even bigger, probably bigger mm-hmm. than The Office. So yeah, that's that's a huge deal. I, I don't know. I never watched Friends. I was like too young for it. I remember. I I vividly remember watching the Friends finale, and here's why: because my family was like, we're gonna watch the Friends finale. And I was like, why are we watching the Friends finale? We don't watch Friends. <laughs> and they were like, well, everyone in the free world is watching the Friends finale. <laughs> and so we are going to join them. And I was like, okay. And that's what I remember. That's my Friends memory. There. And you loved it. You loved every moment of it. I don't, I don't even remember it, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I don't, remember I don't know how it ends. So I've seen, like, this is everybody who's, <laughs> everybody who's listening is screaming at their, at their headphones right now. Because, you don't remember? Like, we are in... If if you are like not that huge of a fan and I haven't seen hardly any of it, any of it that has to be like super infinitesimal odds. That's like getting struck by lightning right after you found a buried treasure. Yes. Um. So yeah, people are probably really upset with us right now. But I'm not against Friends by any means. It's just I don't have that connection to it. You know, I didn't like grow up with it. I didn't watch it. So I've seen episodes here and there. I think parts of it is funny. I think parts of it aren't. But I think. The parts that other people think are funny that I don't, it's because they have that like connection to it, you know. Mm-hmm. 
I love the story that Paul Rudd has now told a couple of times recently where so Paul Rudd was on was on the finale. He played um a boyfriend or yeah. some, of some sort right. throughout the series. And he pops in for the finale and he says after they filmed, they wrapped on filming, he he saw everyone crying, you know, like Lisa Kudrow, Jennifer Aniston, David Schwimmer, the whole cast, Jennifer, uh, they uh what's her name? Courtney Cox. They're all like huddled together, just crying, like, Oh my gosh. And Paul Rudd is sees this from a distance and just walks up, having only been on maybe fifteen episodes, and hugs them, joins the group hug and tells them it's been a good ride, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that's that awesome. So much. That's that's really great. Um, John Favreau was a boyfriend in that in that one for a while yeah, too. Yeah, he and was. I, that's that's probably my favorite thing about watching that is like all the like random people who are a big deal now that are in that show. It's pretty fun. Yeah, Brad Pitt shows up as Jennifer Aniston's boyfriend. Yes, that's right. Whew. Yeah, so I've I've seen enough to like get by. Like I get the references and things like that. Like the pivot reference and all of the big references that people make, I, I'm I got it. How you doing? Yeah. So one day I will get there because my wife will force me to do it. <laughs> She'll be like, "You have to watch this. You have to." So yep. okay. Um. So that's exciting news for all you Friends fans out there. I think it's coming exclusively to HBO Max. So cha-ching, get your wallets out. <laughs> More streaming. Here's my question about HBO Max. Do you know the answer to this? Maybe. If you're just an HBO subscriber, like a la carte. Do you get it or is it separate altogether? And would you have to pay for both? Or like this sorry, this is like ten questions actually. <laughs> or or if you're an HBO Max subscriber, do you get to watch all the HBO shows? Do you know any of that? <laughs> I I'm who am I? Um I think it would be fair if you subscribe in any way, shape, or form, you get all of the HBO content. That would be the least infuriating option. Mm -hmm. If I have to pay for that platform as well as the others so that I can watch Succession and other things that are going on HBO Max, then I'm going to be very frustrated. I don't even understand why there's different levels of HBO. I think that's dumb. I guess that's the question, right? I think is, that is the question. Is there, are there different levels yeah. of HBO? But, mm, I hope not. If there are, that would be really upsetting. Yeah. But anyway, I'm, I, I feel like HBO is absolutely essential at this point. There's so much good content. Like, I was talking to my friend the other day, and I was like, out of if you asked me to list my top five favorite TV shows over the past 10 years, I think three of them would be on HBO. And my favorite shows right now are all on HBO. Mm -hmm. Watchmen, The Outsider I'm watching is really good. Succession is really good. Avenue 5 that I just started is really good. Like, it's just, it feels totally essential to me at this point. Yeah. I think HBO was was the original, you know, the home box office. They were the original Netflix. Mm -hmm. where They were just a paid platform where you got on and they just could do whatever they wanted. Yeah, and no good for them for, like, still competing and, like, honestly crushing it with really good content still. Mm-hmm. All right, last bit of what's popping. This is an interesting one. Today, today, which is Monday, February 24th, Netflix added a top 10 list to their streaming service. What? Yeah, so if you go into the user interface, it'll say top 10 TV shows, top 10 um, movies. This is cool. And this is based on what – it's it's basically what the top 10 is right now in your country. What? And so I – I mean, I it does sound cool, but what is the difference between this and trending? You know what I mean? Because okay. because when I read the top 10 list, so they announced so part of it was that they announced the first top 10 list today. 
And the top in the top ten movies, the first movie was that movie that was what is that movie called with Anne Hathaway and the last thing he the wanted. last thing he wanted, which came out this weekend, right? That's impossible to be on the top ten, right? So I was like, this isn't top ten all time, which then a lot, which then led me to believe that it must be top ten today, which Netflix confirmed, which leads me to my question of how is this different from trending? There's there's nothing. There's no difference whatsoever from that because it's weighted. It's weighted to what they want you to see and what they want to add clicks for. Right. It's like a sponsorship box to trick the users, it sounds well, like. Well, is is trending like an algorithm? Like is it is it part what's trending and part what they think you will like? I think it's a combination of new and how fast it's getting uh, streaming right but like your viewing habits don't factor into that right trending i don't think so yes yeah, so then i think this would be the same thing as trending mm -hmm. right <laughs> so what's the uh, yeah what's the uh the other catalyst that tells you that yeah. it's the top 10 weird i think it's new i think it's the exact same thing as trending <laughs> it's new and it's whatever because number seven on the tv show list was the office which like duh everybody <laughs> watches the office on netflix yes. so That's it. um it's just a weird it's a very weird thing I want to see this list. I'm excited. Yeah. So it's it's going to be in your UI, um, user interface, sorry, um, for Netflix. So check it out. It's there. And I saw the Twitter reaction was like glowingly positive. And I was like trying to figure out, I'm like, am I missing something about this? Maybe I am. Hmm. But everybody's like, this is so cool. And I'm like, but isn't it the same thing? <laughs> Again, <laughs> once more for emphasis, isn't this the same thing as trending? I need someone to tell me how it's not. If you know how it's not, please release me from this personal hell. Yes, yes. we're going to um, hack Netflix and uh, we'll give you more updates. Oh, later. also going back to something I said before, if you watch The Outsider on HBO, I, I repeat, if you watch <laughs> The Outsider on HBO, Please contact me. Yes, isn't uh, who's in it? It's Jason, Jason Bateman, Bateman right? and yeah. Ben Mendelsohn. Oh my gosh. Who I tweeted about this the other day. I I honestly think Ben Mendelsohn is like one of the most underrated actors currently living. Oh, easily. He's phenomenal. He's so good in this show, dude. It's it's insane. And I've I everything I've seen him in, I thought he was brilliant. Like mm -hmm. um season 1 of Bloodline, I thought he was incredibly good. Yes. So, I don't know. He, he needs more work. And thank God for Jason Bateman for getting him in his program. And once again, if you watch The Outsider, please contact me because I need to talk to it, talk to you about it. I need to talk to you about it. I'll start Cynthia Revo is in that show too. Oh, nice. Bro, she is so good. Yeah. She's a star. She's a star. <laughs> We're going to make you a star. That's, I, was, I was transitioning into my like agent with a cigar voice. That's why that sounded like that. I wish that we had video because it was perfect. Your cigar. I, d I was, was doing, I was miming a cigar. Quite excellent. You, you, <laughs> you tapped it with your finger. That's and right. The whole you, thing. You mimed the ashtray. And <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. It's like, like I've done it before. All right, here we go. Let's go into our review. That's the end of what's popping. Let's do it. Honey boy. I thought you were going to say honey. I shrunk the kids. Honey. Yeah. Just pull a fast <laughs> one on you. Jokes on you. We're reviewing honey. I shrunk the kids. Oh. Another thing we need to figure out for the dog days. This is food for thought. Now I now I aggressively sniffed into the microphone. <laughs> Let's just do it. Just join us. If no. you're in your car and you've been needing do, to sniff, do just not do one. Not. It's just terrible. get it out. Two, uh, three. Oh, that's <sighs> bad. 
That's horrible. You love it. This microphone smells beautiful, by the way. Does I don't know it? what you did if you like sprayed it with Febreze. But I always Febreze my microphones before that's we good. start. I talk really close to the mic sometimes, so I imagine that you you um, you sanitize them every yeah, time. Yeah, well, I saw it. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Kirk germs. Honey boy, not honey, I shrunk the kids. Honey boy. You have been pumping up this movie forever. Been hyping it. Yes, I have. And so, Kirk, I thought it was only right. First of all, I'll just rip the bandit off. We're retiring tweet synopsis. It's gone. It's dead. Rest in peace. Forget about it. It's over. Okay? And here's the reason why. I don't like it. And you don't like it. So <laughs> it's gone. And that's the, that's all you need to know. Yeah, there was just a lot of pressure with it to be so creative instead of... And having... we're lazy. Yeah. that's that's That will always be the case. We are incredibly lazy. There's There's no better way to put that. So... Instead, we're going to rely on your talent this week to tell us about Honey Boy, and then I will fill in where I feel necessary, and next week we'll do the opposite. How about that? I love it. So Honey Boy is about is based on the true life of Mr. Shia LaBeouf, a world-renowned actor. Shia LaBeouf. World-renowned, um, sometimes politician. Um, politician? Also, yeah, man. Did oh, he run for public not office? Not really politician. Man of the people, I should say, because he's been um, he's been a- advocating for his party for a long time. Oh, so he's an ad- he's an activist. Yes. Activist is the right word. Okay, great. I'm great at words. Yes. <laughs> politician, activist, same thing. We'll, we'll just allow that. You know, um, they, they have beliefs. So this this is based on his life. It's, uh, it's about a kid who is a child actor growing into this fantastic series that's going to explode and following him through his life all the while his dad is a psychopath Um, his dad is a failed performer i will say his dad was abusive in many in many ways more ways than one and he was just trying to be a good son and respect his father but also become this superstar and celebrity so this this balancing act that he has to do is quite tricky as like a nine-year-old boy yeah for sure it's uh it's um people always use the word visceral (laughs) to talk Mm -hmm. about movies like this it's like for whatever reason that's the buzzword yeah um but it's very it's a tough watch it's very gritty and uh so yeah the can you answer me this question sure why is the why isn't it why isn't it a biopic why doesn't why doesn't he just say why doesn't he just use the real names? That is a great question. I wonder if there's some legal issues with that. I know that he basically tricked his father into being able to portray him on film. Well, yes, <laughs> but he also showed his dad the film. Yes. And his dad was like okay with it. He, I think he knew that it never would have gotten off the ground gotcha. if he hadn't kind of in a backwards way, tell him who, who was it? There was an actor that he really wanted to play him. Um, like his dad would be okay with the f- movie going through if he knew that a certain actor was going to play it. I Interesting. Can't, I can't remember who about that actor was. So he basically said, yeah, we're going to, we're shooting for this uh, all the while. Shia was like, no, no, I'm, I'm playing you like in the back of his head. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting because you're watching this movie and you know that it's Shia LaBeouf's life, like down to every detail. Yeah. And even at the end, they do the whole biopic treatment with like showing pictures of the real people. And like, so it's weird that you have this character named Otis, you know, <laughs> instead of Shia. Right. And, uh, I don't know. It's just a very interesting thing. It was a, it was a very artistic take 
maybe to separate himself a little more, maybe as like a, since so much of it was shared experiences that he had, maybe he he needed a buffer in order to not have to completely relive it. Maybe it was therapeutical to have him say, this was my life, but I'm looking at it from the outside in. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Um, also, this movie is available on Amazon Prime Video, so that's a good call out. I, I posted about that on Facebook the other day, so hopefully, 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 you got a chance to check it out. It's only an hour and 30 minutes, so it's really a nice, easy watch, um, something you could definitely turn on in the evening after work and check out without having to be worried about committing too much time. Um, so yeah, another recommendation, if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, Oh, I have prime video. I want to go check that movie out, go watch it first and then come back to us and listen to our review. Cause it'll be kind of fun to follow along. All right. I think that was a beautiful synopsis, Kirk. Well done. Well, thank you. Let's, um, it's also your turn to go first this week on our superlatives. So awesome. let me ask you this. Who does the Oscar go to in honey boy? It goes to Lucas Hedges. Lucas Hedges. <laughs> <laughs> let's just sing everyone's name from now on <laughs> but only in the style only in that tone song. yeah um lucas hedges has been in like a gazillion things uh and he's i, I think he's younger than both of us he's a young he's a young and combined yes. no i think he was born in like 96 actually so he it, you've seen him in what's it called name some name some lucas manchester hedges by the sea um he's been in uh ladybird ladybird yep um he was in this movie called um Ben is back. Ben is back. Yep. Julia Roberts. He's just a force. He's a force. Uh, his authenticity. I lo- again, we love authenticity. If you're authentic, mm-hmm. if you can somehow really make me believe that you're this character, you win. That's that's what it's all about. Uh, it's just out of this world. So one of the things I was most marveled by was how he was able to get a similar dialect to the real Shia LaBeouf, and. He is. He was born in New York, from what I understand. Um, Lucas Hedges, but Shia was born was born in like a really rough neighborhood in Echo Park in Southern California yep. in L.A. Drug infested, um, uh, gang gang ridden all over the place. And for him to be able to adapt a, an accent that seems like it's a Southern drawl uh, of Shia LaBeouf's, that's what's always driven me kind of crazy like where what how did this <laughs> yeah. become what combination of events <laughs> drew you to sound like you sound yes <laughs> why are you the way that you are uh that that was so cool and so unique i honestly didn't even think for a second that lucas hedges was going to adapt his accent part of the reason like we just talked about how you know they aren't named the same there it's not shia it's not shia when he was what 22 years old yeah um, what's really cool about lucas hedges is that he doesn't shoot for big transformations uh like Joaquin Phoenix like uh Charlize Theron like Renee Zellweger Christian Bale I say Christian Bale um he doesn't shoot for big transformative pieces he really just like opens up this gateway into his psyche on how he's uh, interpreting this character which the other side of that coin like all the people I just listed is so fun to watch and so um, mind-bending to watch but this is also equally fantastic uh, so i just think that he he really does that time and time again where he doesn't do big things he does tiny little nuances and you really can see into his mind and he got there for me i thought he was great yeah he's um he's out of this world i mean if you look at some of the biggest movies that have come out over the last you know three years lucas hedges is in it. he was in waves this this last year which was yes. a huge film um, we mentioned we mentioned Ben is back. We mentioned Manchester by the Sea. Uh, don't forget three billboards outside of Abbey, oh. Missouri. 
Um, so yeah, he he's he's huge and he's incredibly gifted. So, and he's a character actor. That's what you're that's what you're getting at. Like he doesn't take the he takes a really different approach to how he picks out roles. But I think it's just that he can build a character. And yeah, he does an incredible job. I thought it was a huge coup to have him in this movie because he's such a, you know, him and world, him and Noah Jupe, like those guys are the future of Hollywood. To have both of them in this film is a huge, huge win. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's a good pick for for my Oscar. I'm giving it to Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. none other than Shia LaBeouf. Shia himself. LaBeouf. Um, the whole, all of the dynamics of this movie, all of the impact moments, all of the ebbs and flows of emotion in this movie are driven by his character and i thought that his delivery was just insane and i think that it's because it's a movie that he wrote and it's from personal experience and so um that made him the perfect person to do this and to deliver it exactly right but the movie would not have worked if it wasn't shia labeouf i think that that's safe to say i I don't i really don't think that they could have cast anybody else to do this role because the dialogue was so specific to that character and he was so consistent with it because again, it's from personal experience. So um, it was really an interesting experience to watch Shia legitimately exercise his demons on film by, you know, becoming the thing that he fears. It was really actually very powerful (laughs) because, Mm -hmm. you know, Shia LaBeouf is one of these guys. He's been kind of a lightning rod because he was a child actor and everybody loved him. And then, you know, he, he fell off path and everybody loved to make him a punching bag and make jokes about him and all of those things. But he's a, he's an actor that I know you and I have both really enjoyed for a long time. He's incredibly, incredibly gifted. And I enjoyed seeing this, you know, as, as gritty and, horrible as it was to watch it it made me understand Shia LaBeouf a little bit more and I hope that everybody sees it for that reason because just don't take people at face value I think is is the lesson like this guy if he's had some transgressions I uh it's pretty much understood why that would be the case but Shia was the only person who could deliver this he was the only person you know he he really did it justice and I think that he wanted to I think that he really wanted to show his dad that he sees him and and knows all of the complexities of what made him the way he, he is, which is what what his dad, based on this movie, wanted, you know, to be seen and to not be judged, but to be, you know, just looked at for, for who he is and understood. So yeah. shout out to Shia LaBeouf, who I thought did an incredible job. And um, yeah, again, nobody else could have done it. Excellent. My scene stealer. Mr. Shia LaBeouf. Good call. Because uh, you were just, again, captivated by by him and how he um, filled the space with the essence of his father. Uh, there's this funny thing I do. Sometimes I will talk like my dad, and I'll be like, wait, that's that's crazy. Stop it. I don't understand how that can happen. <laughs> I don't know. Can you mimic your dad, like, pretty, like, to a T, like, voice and all? Not intentionally, no, but sometimes I sometimes I laugh like my dad or sometimes I say something that is exactly what my dad would say. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's a similar thing. And then it like catches Aubrey off guard. And then, so I keep going for a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so that's, that's kind of what you have as a, as kind of an edge for Shiloh to, p- to play his father. Right. He, he knows the rhythm of his, of his father's speech and he's writing this, this is his father. So, but there, there's, 
it still takes time to study that. You can't just just say, okay, I'm just going to pretend to be my dad. No, you have to really like think about those moments. And some of the moments that we reflect on in Shia's life in this biopic are are some of the hardest moments of his life to date. So I thought that rehashing, reliving those were, were was super incredible to watch. Um, and you knew exactly who his father was by the end of this movie. Um, I like how you kind of shaped, shaped uh, the idea and the personality of him and all of his complexities. Like there are shimmers of like, that seems like a nice guy. That's a, that's a happy aspect of, of Shia's dad. And then it just came crashing down the next, which is perfect because his life was a roller coaster. Shia yeah. LaBeouf's and his father's. So him being able to mimic that, imitate it and write it home run. And I think that that if you can say that there's a core message to this film, I think that is the core message of this film is like things are not black and white Yes. because Shia LaBeouf, I think has experienced how cruel a, a black and white world can be, you know, like if you're not good, you're bad, mm-hmm. you know, and Shia was in the bad category for a long time, but he was also misunderstood. Yes. Um, and I think that that was probably his goal with this movie. Um, so it's, it's really interesting. I am giving my scene stealer to Noah Jupe. Which it seems like a total, it seems very wrong. Like I feel gross about not giving an award to Lucas Hedges, who was so, so good. You know, (laughs) I'm really glad that you gave him best actor because, um, again, I can't stress enough how phenomenal he was, but all three of these actors that we've mentioned so far gave world-class performances. I think the acting really carried this movie. Um, what I really loved about Noah Jupe's performance is that, he did not get a ton of spoken dialogue at the beginning of the movie. He did not get a ton of time to build his character through words, which I would argue is the easiest way to build your character because you're getting to vo- like have a voice. Instead, he was doing it through nonverbals, which were extremely effective, I thought. And still, by the time he was having spoken dialogue, you felt like you knew the character because you've been experiencing his life through nonverbals. You know, they do a good job of... Um, even in scenes where the Shia LaBeouf, um, his character is dominating the conversation, showing Otis or Noah Jupe's character throughout to let you know, um, you know, his emotional state and, and just letting him act without actually speaking. So, um, I thought he did a phenomenal job. And then for the climax, you know, once he finally starts, uh, talking more and more, you know, he's, he kind of like builds his confidence, more and more and is like, you know, I'm not afraid of my dad and, and things like that. When he gets to that point, he just owns it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, he was really like, this wasn't some young kid that I was watching. Like he was a brilliant actor That's at, great. At, at any age for sure. Yeah. He literally, <clears throat> he was literally writ- written to find his voice while, while on this journey with his dad. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, love I, it. I can, I just have to say, I cannot wait to see what this kid's future has. Um, when we, when we watched Ford versus Ferrari, because he was in that movie too, we talked a little bit about how we wish there was more there because it seemed like there, he had virtually no dialogue in that movie at all, but it still seemed like there was a really rich character there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just a testament to you how good of a job and what a pro this kid is. And I think that he's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And I hope he is right. <clears throat> because sometimes you get these child actors who come out the gate where they, they have the world at their fingertips and, a lot of it is because they're kids. That's their specialty. They pretend, they play, they imagine. And so then some kids fall off, fall off that, 
that train but then yeah sure if they can hold on to it and they can keep growing that then bravo to them it's really it's really easy to pinpoint a child actor who's in their teens when we first see them because that's a better glimpse of who they will be as mm. they get into a young adult such yeah. as leonardo dicaprio lucas hedges who is who is probably 23 right now you know yeah um the, and uh, christian bale you know he came about when he was a teenager these younger kids like Abigail Breslin, like, ah, what happened to her? Right, you know, sure. Um, there, I'm, there's, there's countless, Dakota Fanning. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so there's countless others that that are out there that that I've just, I, you root for. You're like, they're gonna be the best. They're gonna be the best. And then you can see their their stuff when they get older. You're like, why'd you choose this movie? What's going on? So I really hope that Noah Jupe has a manager that's not like <clears throat> um, Shia LaBeouf's father. I imagine that he's not. I hope that <laughs> I hope that he just has someone who is really looking out for him and who can help them grow on the right path so we can see him forever because I'm all in on him. For sure. Um, with that, let's jump into Showstopper. What was the uh, what was your big production value moment or or what really knocked your socks off? What knocked my socks off what's interesting when I think about this film is that you really need to know the plight of Shia as an as an uh, a, you know an adult i mean he's like in his early 30s <laughs> but you need to know about that to understand the weight of the showstopper for me is that shia went through a, a just a long season of alcoholism and other substances that i don't think he really was public about when you see him portray his father as an alcoholic yeah and going to these aa meetings you're sitting there thinking Oh my gosh, um, you know, we we always want to try to not repeat the mistakes of our parents. We hear about their mistakes or some of them, right? And we try we try not to we try to be better than them. And parents try to make their kids better than them too, right? So when you see Shia portraying his father, who was an alcoholic, who was a drug addict, uh, and Shia, who became that as well, sitting there dressed as his father, talking as his father. It just like blew my mind. So it, it just got me, it sent shivers down my spine. Like what was this like in his mind to actually be, first of all, writing this out. And then second of all, to be portraying this in the moment in front of all those other actors. Yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot. Um, for my showstopper, I'm going with um, the writing. <laughs> and I want to be clear about this. I go with writing a lot, but in this case, when I talk about the writing, I'm talking about more so what he chose not to write than what he chose to write. I don't know if he had a great editor or if he was just really had a solid vision. And I'll actually give a lot of credit to the director, to Alma. Um, how do you pronounce her last name? No her, clue. Harrell. I'm going to butcher it. Apologies. I think she helped guide the creative of this movie in a big way, and I think that it was good that it was not directed by Shia LaBeouf because I think he's too close to it to direct the film. Um, and I thought that she did a brilliant job directing it, but I thought that the writing, um, they left a lot up to, to, um, you know, subtext and and things that weren't said. And I thought that that was really good because I think there would have been, I think they could have easily made a mess of this movie with, with the writing in particular. And there were so many things where you just came in the middle of the conversation or you didn't have all the details or you only got to see bits and pieces of it that, helped the movie flow really well and again we talk about it a lot trusting your audience to pick up the pieces put the puzzle together it's a hard thing to do i think um we see writers butcher that all the time by beating the dead horse with things that we could have figured out on our own and making things awkward the kitchen yep this movie 
did not have that awkwardness. I thought that the dialogue flowed really well. I thought that what he chose to say and, and not to say was, they were all great choices. So shout out to you, um, you know, Shia for writing it and whoever helped him edit it and to the direction, because I think that so much it about good writing is about keeping yourself checked because there's so much that you want to say as a writer. You know, sometimes you just see people go overboard with it and people we've talked about Quentin Tarantino in the past. He was obviously a phenomenal writer, but sometimes he indulges himself a little bit and lets mm-hmm. the scene go on for a little longer than it should. And what have you? Um, I think it's a skill to, to cut yourself off and to, to show what's going to be most important for the audience. And I think that Shia did that. So, Shout out to him. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's written many movies. This may be his first ever feature film written. Yeah. I didn't look at that, but I just assumed that it was. Sure. Um, so I hope he writes more. I know this is from personal experience. That's so probably a little bit easier to write, but um, I thought it was really, really well written. Indeed. All right. Indeed. Let's move into director's shoes. What would you have changed about this movie? So Shia, uh, after wrapping the Peanut Butter Falcon, went into rehab because of his best buddy Zach. Um, co- also his co- co-star on... Yeah, Zach Gottsagen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And this is where he wrote Honey Boy. He wrote this in re- rehab. He wrote this while he was talking it out with his therapist. And we even see glimpses of that happen in this film in Honey Boy, which is super cool. Um, I And then immediately following, within about f- somewhere between four to six weeks after getting out of rehab, this thing was in production. <laughs> it yeah. was on its feet. Casted, the script was written, and they were going... Uh, so I think the film production was rushed on this, honestly. Um, this film had the potential to be a truly iconic film with, with just this study of, of all these different characters in it. Um, I mean, you just have this powerhouse between, between Noah Jupe and Lucas Hedges and Shia LaBeouf. And also there's a character, I think her name is J.K. Twiggs. Or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. The J.K. Twiggs, name. yeah. There it is. The actress's name is that. And she was really excellent as well. Um, there's a number of other actors that kind of pop in. You're like, oh, that's cool. And you, you, you recognize them from other stuff. But what really what could have happened, there was more opportunities where we could have expanded on this, taken a few more risks. Um, the, the scene from the trailer where you see the pie in the face and he like gets blown back on a giant suspension and then like swings forward. So beautiful. Um, so, so interesting. And I feel like we didn't get enough of those in this film. And had there been more time, I think that the director and Shia also could have been able to weave that into it to make it to make that element of it that art that more artsy um, kind of aside to express their feelings rather than speak it with a dialogue. That I really think it could have been uh, just a complete a complete home run in that front. Yeah, I, I I dig that take because I. I'm glad that you brought up the stuff at the beginning. I actually watched this movie in two halves. I watched the first half of it last night. I watched the rest of it today. And so I remember last night when I was watching it, getting, you know, seeing the pie in the face scene and the scene from what was Transformers, I yes. would assume. <laughs> um, and thinking, man, that's a really cool through line. I wonder if they'll keep that, you know, throughout the movie where they have the guy come by with the marker, flips it upside down, like the identical shots. Um, and they didn't in the back half. And I actually thought that some of the artsy stuff in the back half felt out of place like it was it looked good but it just felt it didn't jive with the rest of the movie and i think it would have if they had done exactly what you're talking about and really like committed to it yeah so and it's a short movie again hour 30 so i think you're right that they could have expanded on some of those things and you know taking a dive deeper in there um my director shoes is that i think this movie 
this is a tough one. I think it's like the same thing as your showstopper where you said, if you know the personal journey of Shia, it's more powerful on the flip side. If you don't, you know, I was trying to be, I was trying to take myself out of scope and be like, okay, if you don't know Shia LaBeouf, what does this movie mean to you? It's still a good portrait pick, but it won't leave you with anything Mm -hmm. really, you know, and and not that, not that a portrait pick necessarily has to, because it's just a snapshot in time. But I think Shia wanted this movie to mean a little bit more. And I think it was just a little bit too personal. If you don't, if you don't know him and you don't know some of the ins and outs of this story, and if you haven't been following his career and some of the ups and downs, I just don't think it's as effective. Yeah. If, if you take that knowledge away with it, it's very effective. And you're like brought to tears by, you know, this guy, you know, this real person who's gone through all these things. But without it, I think it feels, I mean, it feels altogether unrelatable because it's a, it's a very, I mean, this, this sequence of events probably only has ever happened to Shia LaBeouf, you know, <laughs> um, not very many people's dads are former rodeo clowns who had a chicken named Henrietta LaFowl. And you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's just not, that's, it's a hard thing to relate it's to. It's not very common, but, um, yeah, I think, I think it, 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 it's just not as effective without all that previous knowledge. So I think it loses a bit from that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be left with something. And even I knowing shy, I was just left with like, man, that's sad. Like good, good for Shia, but I wasn't really left with like any sort of underlying message or, or anything that's really going to stick with me beyond the next couple of days here. Mm-hmm. So that would be my director's shoes. Beautiful. All right, let's go final thoughts and then let's score the honey boy. Final thoughts and score. I saw this movie as soon as it dropped to Amazon and I almost watched it again, but I wanted to test myself. I wanted to think like, would I be able to recall everything from this film uh, a month later because i remember i texted you at like 11 o'clock at night and i was like bro honey boy just dropped on amazon prime yeah that's right and i watched it i watched it that night so i think that uh, it does have to your to your point it doesn't have an extremely lasting effect i really had to i had to look at set photos to like like oh yeah that yeah okay to like kick my memory back you know and there's there's still something that draws me to it. Um, all the things we listed and all the things we've discussed that I have to give it a high score, but then also take away from, uh, from that director's shoes. Because honestly, we talk about potential of, of ideas, potential plots, the potential um, success of plots, right? Like, oh, this movie would have been so much better if it just did this, 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 and this. This was a, a successful plot, but just not completely executed. It was almost mm-hmm. there. So I will give it a high score, <clears throat> take away just a little bit, because it's it's something that was really cool to watch. I'm going to go with an 8.5. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, good score. I really liked this movie as well. I think it's a great film, which... Um, in the past I've landed in the eight point and above range for great films. I do think it's great. I do think I just being candid per my personal love for Shia LaBeouf as an actor, I think, um, enhances my watching experience with this movie. So take that into account if you're using this score to base whether you should watch this movie or not. Um, I think they did some things incredibly well. I think they did some things a little bit sloppy, and I think that the acting really carries this movie. I think the acting is awesome. I, I'm actually, you know, we talk about how competitive a year 
it is, but these acting performances were as good as any that I saw over the last year. Um, you know, if there weren't as many heavy hitters during award season, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody nominated, uh, specifically Shia in the supporting actor category. Um, so I think without those acting performances, it would have fallen apart, but those hold it together. And I'm giving it an 8.1 out of 10 kernels. I think it's great. Um, I think it could have been better. So, yeah, talking about potential is a good way to think about it. Like, what could this movie have been at its absolute max potential? And I think that there's still still room there, like you said. What a crime that Shia LaBeouf has not been nominated for Best Supporting or Best Actor yet. Well, I think he just hasn't been in enough things. You know? He could have. Yeah. I mean, he was good in Fury. That's, That's the one, like. That would have been a good Best Supporting nomination. Yeah. That movie just really didn't get as much. It got critical acclaim, but not award buzz, really. Yeah, yeah. This would have also been a good Best Supporting yeah. role. Yeah, I mean, he'll nomination. get there. He's he's still very young. That's the thing. Yeah. he's He's been around forever, but he's still very young. And, you know, now that he's clean... Um, yeah, we didn't even talk about this movie deals with addiction a lot, too. And, that, and now those scenes are particularly powerful, but... Now that he's uh, sober and seems to be in a really good headspace, judging by some of the press that he's done recently, and um, you know his appearance at the Oscars, which is a very like not shy a thing to do. He looked so healthy at the yeah. Oscars, so healthy. Yeah, I'm happy for him. I think we he'll he'll be around and he'll have a chance to really you know scoop up some awards in the future because he's he's really great. So. If you haven't seen Honey Boy yet, again, it's on Amazon Prime Video. A lot of people have Amazon Prime Video, so go check that out. That brings us to our schoolyard pick of Shia LaBeouf's. Shia LaBeouf's. So now we can define what this actually means. And I get to pick first, so I guess I get to I'll decide. I'll define. <laughs> Are you scared, Kirk? <laughs> yes. So the way I view this is like you can pick any version of Shia LaBeouf. It mm-hmm. can be a real version of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> it could be a fake version of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> I mean, it has to be real in the sense that like it is a thing that he, I don't know how to explain it. So My it, first pick will shed some light on what I mean by a fake Shia LaBeouf. So it could it could also be a role of his, right? It could he, be absolutely a role. But so like you could say be... Shia LaBeouf from. Lawless. Yep. <laughs> if you wanted to, I don't know who would do that. I guess that's why I picked that example. I don't know. And or Shia in real life. Let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. So with my first pick in the schoolyard pick of Shia LaBeouf's, <laughs> I am going with actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> which is a persona that was birthed from the Rob oh Cantor. Um, smash hit song and music video Shia LaBeouf Live. He's that brandishing we, a knife, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> which we have um, referenced countless times <laughs> at this point in this podcast and certainly in this episode. You have to watch this. I, I wish we could play parts of it, but I'm scared of, of <laughs> legal blowback. Um, but just go onto Google and type in Shia LaBeouf Live or YouTube. And you will find it, and it will make your day. If there is any one of the actors, directors, writers, producers that we've talked about on this podcast who would be a friend of the pop that would actually come to our podcast, it would be Shia LaBeouf. It would. We should invite him. What if he shows up? I might try to get his email address or something. That would be incredible. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's move down that path because I think he would. I think he actually might join us. How, uh, my mind would be blown. I mean, he was on Hot Ones. He was on Ellen. We're just as good as those guys. Oh, yeah. We're like, it's it, so it goes like this. It goes <laughs> Ellen, 
hot ones, and then it's us. Oh yeah, that's that's perfectly fine. So yeah, in in that Rob Cantor video, Shia LaBeouf live, he <laughs> sings this comedic song about Shia LaBeouf, and it's like telling the story of like you're walking alone and you encounter Shia LaBeouf and he's trying to murder you yeah. and eat you. And so um, he says that Shia LaBeouf's an actual cannibal <laughs> and talks about all the things like you think you've killed him, but then it's like, it's not dead. Shia surprise. I don't know. It's, it's fantastic. So I love that persona. Mm-hmm. I love picturing Shia LaBeouf as an actual cannibal. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Maybe he is. Yes. I'd support him. I'm going to go with Twitter Shia LaBeouf. Yes. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> there there was a time Shia did some crazy things, you know, not to not to make fun of him, but they were just so fascinating in his time of trying to figure out what kind of actor he was going to be. Was he was it the the alcohol, was it was it some sort of drug or was it just that he was super method in figuring out all these different roles he was taking on? He became a political activist. Yes. Where he was just um at some point there was like a little dot on the side of a building and it said come here if you want to protest um there was like a live video feed with like a like a television that was like seven inches wide um that got taken down and then he for like three years he posted tweeted the same tweet every day multiple times a day yes it was just incredible like no one else out there has such dedication and consistency as twitter shia labeouf Twitter Shia LaBeouf is admirable for sure, for sure, and just overall very interesting. Yes. So I, what was funny was I turned on Shia LaBeouf's tweets, like actual notifications pops up on my screen as a ba- a screen as a banner, and I was like, okay, I've seen the same thing seven times today. I, I should turn this off, but I didn't. Love it. And then he just stopped tweeting one day. I know. Sad. Rest in peace, Twitter Shia LaBeouf. We love you. Please come <laughs> back. Okay. Because I'm scared it's going to fly off the board if I leave it there. No. I'm going with experimental performance art Shia LaBeouf. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> because this is was an awesome era in the Shia life cycle. Um, so highlights of this include him like living in a glass box in a museum where people could come just watch him live Mm -hmm. (laughs) very interesting yes um this includes one of my personal favorites which was the live stream of him watching every movie he's ever been in and um just incredible (laughs) i I mean just just incredible i can remember turning on that stream and just being like this is awesome in every way it was so wholesome just like watching him watch himself and have emotions about it. Like whenever he would cry at certain point, I don't know. It was just so, it was very beautiful actually. I think whatever effect he was going for, he nailed it. It was very powerful. And then um, of course the just do it in front of a green screen, (laughs) the just do it yesterday. You said tomorrow, (laughs) you know, all of that. It's fantastic. And I, I know that like, some of that stuff was just like him goofing around and stuff, but it's all incredible and I love it. Yeah. Some crazy stuff came out of the performance art thing. I don't know if he you did read. so many things. One one of those things was he sat it was like from the description it sounded like it was like a uh, a circus tent and people could come 
into the room and do whatever they wanted to do to him. So yes, like, that's would, right. They would make him, you know, like uh, whose line is it anyways, where you're like the prop master. You're the prop, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they like, like stand him in silly poses and take pictures with him or kiss him or something or crazy, crazy stuff. And he just, in his performance dedication, he just did whatever the uh, uh, customer, whatever you want to do, uh, would, would do to him. That's completely bizarre to me. Yeah, it's insane. Slap him, punch him, whatever they wanted. But... Shout out to him. I mean, he's an artist. He he's gone to weirder depths than most artists have. So, like, kudos. It's only up from here. For All sure. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Peanut Butter Falcon. Shia. Uh, that's a great one. That's because a great one. this is the turning point right here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the turning point. He hit rock bottom, and he was faced with a decision. Um, I'm in this really great film. I am. That I have, he, you know, a lot of roles were turned down from him, probably because he was inconsistent, probably because he was, um, uh, you couldn't trust him to show up on set sober, you know, and he hit rock bottom. His buddy told him, stop it. What's wrong with you? Yep. And he turned it around. So Peanut Butter Falcon, Shia, I'm all in on. Yeah, it's another it's another one like Honey Boy that once you know like the real story behind it, it's so much more powerful. Peanut Butter Falcon is crazy powerful on its own, but then add that to it, it's just like man. Yeah, it's I, awesome. That's gonna be said uh, in in his um in when he receives the Cecil B whatever. Yeah, yeah, award, sure. When he's like uh, sixty, you know, it's gonna be cool. Yeah, good pick, good pick. I am going with Even Stevens, Shia LaBeouf, because I loved Even Stevens. Still, to this day, like, some of the funniest physical slapstick comedic acting and just overall, like, delivery of jokes was from Even Stevens. Like, Shia LaBeouf totally killed it, and that show would have sucked without him. (laughs) Like... It wouldn't have even been slightly good without him. So I I love Even Stevens. Is that on Disney Plus? I think so. Checking right now. I know that I know the Even Stevens movie is. Oh, thank goodness! There it is. Whew. Yeah, go check it out. It's uh yeah for all you youngins out there who didn't get to grow up during the golden age when Lizzie McGuire and Even Stevens were on <laughs> TV every day. Um, you got to go check out Even Stevens. It's world class. I, I I assume it's still funny, right? Like it has to still be good. One billion percent. Yeah, it was it was just a great show. And if you've seen Even Stevens and you didn't like it, I'm gonna fight you because yeah. how dare you have such terrible I, taste? I, I second that. I do. I think that that's fair. I Tell think us that's absolutely to fair. Meet you. We will jump you popcorn for breakfast. Style. Yeah, just like I scared Kirk with the it balloons mm-hmm. thing. That that's what we'll do. We'll just attack you. Sure. With. Something. Now listen, it's illegal to promote <laughs> violence, Im- uh, an imminent act of violence. So I'm an, I'm going to say that I don't condone this, but yes. We'll attack you with uh, we'll already have like a tablet playing even Stevens and we'll just chase you Force so you have you to, to watch, watch it. it. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's what we'll do. That is Not good. like cause you harm. Yep. Next one, your third pick. How dare you steal that one? Well, you took peanut butter falcon, so fine. I'm going to pick is that the right thing to say? <laughs> My house is your house. I don't think that applies right here. Dang it. Um, I'm going to pick True Confessions, Shia LaBeouf. Oh. Do you know this movie? Yes, I do. Dude, so great. It was a Disney Channel original film. Should have blown up with how good the performances were in this and how good the story was in this. Shia LaBeouf plays a... Um, before we really knew it, he really plays an autistic... Um, kind of 12-year-old. I forget how old he was, but he 
before like we really established this this well, the autistic spectrum he nailed it um it, it was so incredibly heartbreaking to watch and also so inspiring to see how much joy that he could that he could have so uh, to put to take away the stigma of people that have any kind of uh, of those disabilities and to really just show a light that they are a person and they have hopes and they have dreams just like any other person so there's no reason to put them in a box and he he crushed it it was very similar in my mind to leonardo dicaprio's role in what's eating gilbert yes one of the all-time great performances yes and so seeing that as a child uh, when he's just a few years older than us, I was like, dude, this guy has it all. He's going to be one of the greatest actors of all time. Yep. Still will be, probably. He will be. Yep. Um, good choice. That's a that's a blast from the past and a good one. Mm-hmm. Next one, I'm going with interview slash press availability <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Okay. Because anytime he's on like Ellen or Hot Ones, which I talked about, or like doing red carpet stuff, it's must-watch TV. Yeah. Just because he's so relatable, he, he and he's just, he doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He just says what's on his mind. I love it. Um, when he did Burning Questions with Ellen, I was dead watching that. <laughs> and he wasn't like, I don't think he was outwardly trying to be funny. He was just saying things that other people wouldn't say because he's just like resigned to i'm gonna be a real person i don't need to try to like make people laugh or whatever and it ended up being like way more hilarious because he is just a funny cool guy so um yeah that one was good hot ones was obviously good anytime i see him do an interview or like press tour for a movie it's always it's always good quality content so definitely interview shia labeouf is good stuff beautiful what am i on you're on number four i'm on number four i'm gonna go with See, most of mine are, are just roles because I've just watched his entire career. I'm going to go with Fury, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, that's a good choice. This is World War One. No, two? Which one two, is it? Two, I think. It is two. My bad. Haven't seen it in a while. Um, Brad Pitt's in this film. Shia LaBeouf. This is when people thought that Shia LaBeouf was actually losing his mind. Um, for this role, I don't think he showered for several months. I think he might have done the classic, like, pulled his own tooth out to, like, feel how his character would have felt like. Um, just just really hands-on method acting, uh, anything that he could do on set. He was called his character, not Shia. Uh, people were getting really annoyed with him, especially and most famously Brad Pitt was really annoyed with him during the filming of this movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, again, kudos to, um, kudos to him not like totally destroying relationships with people, but also kind of ticking them off while still giving a good performance. You know, we have people like Jared Leto who do creepy, creepy things while, while he's a, in, character to his castmates and then still gives a terrible performance but shia really really just did a really good job with this and i was uh, i was excited when i saw him do so well in this movie yes good call good call i for my final shia labeouf i'm going with <laughs> another classic because i feel like i grew up with shia labeouf and i'm going with holes shia labeouf hey because i read the book holes and then i watched the movie and I thought that he was really good in that movie. And it's a weird movie and a weird story, but he just owned it. And it's st- it still sticks in my head to this day. I watched that movie a bunch. Mm-hmm. So that's the nostalgia pick for me. The whole Shia LaBeouf. It's good stuff. I've never seen Holes. What? I know. It's and, wild. Um, as a very non-studious student in the uh, eighth grade, I had to pick a book report. Everyone was reading Holes. So I said, I'm going to read Holes. 
Yep. Never read holes. Ah. Uh. And so I wrote this book report based on cliff notes. Don't do this, kids. And then my teacher always had like an oral report as well. And she, she said, what's the one difference between the movie and the book? Knowing that you could watch the movie and get the answers. Mm-mm-mm. I didn't even watch the movie. But my friends told me, they said, there's one difference between the movie and the book. I don't remember what that is today, but that's how I passed eighth yeah, grade Yeah, I reading. still don't remember what the difference is. Something about a blue lizard or something? I don't know. Yeah, there is like a spotted lizard. That's like a mythical, very poisonous thing. Mm-hmm. Something but to do with that, I guess maybe. the color of it, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But. Interesting. Joke's on you, Miss Peterson. Yeah, because. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. Oh, man. All right, good one. Um, I tried to pull that same move with Wizard of Oz. The book is very different from the movie. So, yeah, took that AR accelerated reading test, got like a zero. I was like, yeesh. And then I had to go back and actually read the book because my teacher was mad at me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the book sucks. Just say that. Yeah. It's not good. The movie's a billion times better. Oh, yeah. All right, your fifth pick, fifth and final Shia LaBeouf pick. I am running low on options. You are indeed. You're backed into a corner. You made fun of this, but You're I'm going to pick it. Mr. Lawless Bootlegger Shia LaBeouf. Boom. With, uh, who else in that movie? Tom Hardy and Jessica Chastain is in yep. this film. It's uh, You should have gone with Eagle Eye Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> well. JK. Uh, isn't Kate Beckinsale in Eagle Eye? Yeah, my parents got really mad at me for Eagle Eye. I'll tell that story whenever you're oh, done. Oh, because it's PG-13. No, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you whenever. Oh, I can't wait. Well, Lawless, you know, it's it's a very fascinating time in, in American history when we outlawed alcohol. Uh, it's pretty crazy that a single... Uh, we see this a lot more with just drugs and, like, opioids, but, like, to, to limit alcohol as a nation, it seems... Um, it's just kind of blows my mind. I don't know why. Um, and I, I don't even drink, but, and I don't judge those who do, but I'm like, whoa, how did the, how did they figure this out to actually ban it? Well, the reason is they didn't because everyone still made their own. Yeah. <laughs> so seeing these people going on these runs is kind of exciting because it's a silly law. Like uh, they spent all this time and money um, capturing people. And a lot of people died because of this silly law and they finally yep. realized it and they amended the constitution. <laughs> so it's fascinating, and it's very fascinating to see any types of these movies. Yeah, for sure. I always, I played this game growing up where, like, it's probably a really popular game, but I was a little kid where it was set in the future and caffeine was outlawed. Oh, I was gosh. like, <laughs> it the end of the world. Yes. Like, people, there would be death everywhere. And I think that that's pretty much what, what, what was happening in this game. Like, it was, like, post-apocalyptic, <laughs> like, steampunk game. So, yeah. Amazing. Yep, good one. So I'll tell you my story about Eagle Eye. <laughs> so, Is this your, also your final pick? or No, I already had my final pick. Oh, cool. Pick. Okay, no Yeah, I'm deal. done. Um, so whenever – I can't remember how old I was. I need to check when Eagle Eye came out. I got but you. I know that I was a, a teenager probably like between the ages of 13 and 16, and my parents rented Eagle Eye. It, it was just going to be me and my parents home for the evening. It was probably like a Friday night or something like that. And being a turd that you are whenever you're that age, I was a huge jerk. And I was like, I don't want to watch Eagle Eye. This movie sucks. Like, which, for the record, it does. But were you, were you born in 94? Three. Three. Okay. You were 15. Okay. Yeah. So again, huge, huge <laughs> jerk, huge turd, worst kind of person. 15 year olds suck. Sorry. Um, and so. I was throwing a huge temper tantrum about watching this movie. 
And I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad. They're probably getting embarrassed by me telling the story. They were like, you don't have any reason for disliking this movie. You've never seen it. You don't even know what it's about. And you won't even give it a chance. <laughs> and so I was like, fine, let's just watch it. And so I watched the whole movie with my parents in silence. And then at the end, my parents were like, well, Cam, what did you think of the movie? And I was like, it sucked. And they were like, get out of here and go to your room. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that's my story. <laughs> I mean, just total savage mode. That movie could have been Shawshank Redemption, and I would have said the same thing. <laughs> I was hoping that you would have said like, now if it was really good, I would have I would have accepted it. But no way. To a principal of your fifteen year old self, you couldn't. You no, couldn't. I'm still that way. Let's be honest. I'm still a jerk. I'm still so stubborn. Anybody will tell you that. So yeah. Um, sorry, mom and dad, that was uncalled for. But Eagle Eye really is a bad movie, but I still shouldn't have treated you poorly that yeah, night. So it's true. All all accounts are true. Yeah, should have been better. And the movie should have been better. Everything should have gone better. It was just a it was a recipe for disaster. Should have picked a better movie for movie night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that is the wrap up of the Shia special, the Shia surprise special. Shia LaBeouf. That's right. Um, Thank you for joining us. As always, please go watch Honey Boy if you haven't already. We highly encourage you to. And then engage with us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and then tell your friends about our podcast. We would very, very much appreciate it. As always, a thanks to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast. And a special thank you to Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our awesome theme music. We will see you all next week. Talk to you then. something that you should have been arrested for but you never were i didn't do anything okay. uh, <laughs> me neither <laughs> <laughs> yeah <I'm buying> that. <laughs> oh yeah same <laughs> uh okay sure kirk <laughs>
right, let's do this stupid show so we can go home. All right. Woo! <laughs>